Welcome to another episode of Mic'd Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. A lovely little Thursday episode for you. And I'll tell you, this week, this is the fastest week in the history of time. It re- I mean, it's really gone. I woke up this morning and was driving uh, to get a coffee, and I was like, holy cow, it is Thursday already. I started to put would-you-rathers into the rundown this morning. <laughs> and then realized there are already would-you-rathers in the rundown. Man, I feel like I, I just did this yesterday. <laughs> yeah, like, didn't we just talk about this? i got to do a better job of tracking this stuff. But we appreciate you guys joining us for the Thursday episode. Uh, best place to get the episode right here in the call app every weekday at 10 a.m. And we do appreciate you guys. Um, last night, let's start here. The Stanley Cup Finals. I stayed up to watch this game, obviously, because I'm a huge hockey fan. And my <laughs> avalanche are in the Stanley Cup Finals. I did not realize until this morning that there was any controversy surrounding the final play. And I'm not a big hockey enthusiast, so like, there's just stuff that I don't know. But to me, there are a lot of people complaining about, oh, there's too many men on the ice. Mm-hmm. This, to me, is like a football analogy. I mean, imagine if you're just constantly subbing out guys, like in basketball even. Like, oh, we don't even check in at the scorer's table. You just get to run in and off. Mm-hmm. whenever you want to, and then trying to make it a big deal of like, oh, there were too many guys out there. Where they're technically, like I, I've seen the video, I've seen the people count, and be like, hey, look, there's six of them. I've also seen um, other clips where it's like, hey, look here, there are seven guys from the Lightning on the ice right yeah. now. So this isn't like an anti-Tampa Bay thing. I don't know enough about them to even hate them. <laughs> but I do think that it is pretty stupid, or at least to me, to overreact and be like, oh, my God, there were too many guys on the ice. Were there yeah. technically six guys out there? Yes. Was one of them skating off? This is like in football. You get that 12th defensive player running off the field, but he's still like kind of on the field, and they throw a flag. Even to me, that's kind of like a bullshit call. I it's agree like, with that. Come on. like I know that the guy has to get off the field, but that is just that's a shitty call yep. that they do in the NFL. So to try to do it in hockey when you, guy, you have guys just running in and off all the time, I don't. It didn't make a difference in the play. I know a lot of Tampa Bay fans are upset. Their coach took like one question last night. I I knew nothing about it. By the time I like the game finished, which was a weird ending anyway, and then I was pretty much right to bed. Yeah. Last night, but I just don't see why the big uproar. I don't think that it makes a difference. Technicalities of the rule, cool, but. I don't think it made a difference in the game. Yeah, I mean, the NHL came out last night, too, and it was just like, you know, that's a judgment call anyways. So, I mean, if, you know, the four ice officials that are out there don't really see it or notice it, then it shouldn't be that big of a deal. And I think it's just one of those deals where Lightning fans can go back and look at it and be like, oh, well, if this doesn't happen, we probably don't lose. And you're probably going to lose, you know what I mean? Like, just because of that, like, yeah, it's a bang-bang type of situation, but I don't think that had an overall effect on that goal being scored or not right there in overtime. And the fact that the goal was scored and the buzzer didn't go off, that's one thing that really confuses me is because, I mean, it's clear and evident that it went through the net. And Brooks was messaging, uh, you and Brooks were actually messaging back and forth last night. It's like, how in the world is there even, like, 
away for that goal or that puck to get into the goal without like it obviously going through the front of it. My team scored the winning goal in overtime last night, and I was on delay for about 20 seconds to figure out if they scored or not. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that that's a problem. Yep. I get that it was it was tough, but I do wish the NHL would figure out some kind of like a system. I said last night, like I want like a, a light like on the back of the net. I feel like that used to be a thing. I think there was like a little red light on the back of the net, and if the puck went in, light went off. Yep. Is that? Do we not do that anymore? Because we should. I think we do. I just think the way that it went into the net, like because it went up to the top of it, that like it didn't hit the backside of the net for that to go off, and I think that's where that buzzer is. But it's still odd because like it hit the top and then got caught up there. And even the officials though, like, weren't signaling like that it was a goal. Even the the announcers on TV, they didn't know what was going on either. Mm Mm-hmm. And to me, watching the game, I thought that the goalie had made a stop and that he mm-hmm. was sitting on it. So, like, I got excited. Like, oh, they put a shot up. Oh, it got stopped. Okay. Nope. It's in the back of the net. Actually, it's on the top in the top of the net, <laughs> yeah. um, which was a tough spot. But it was, uh, like, a delayed gratification watching it, seeing the shot, and thinking, oh, no, they missed. Yeah. Or it got stopped. I'm sure it was cool for the Avalanche players to be like, wait, what happened? And you have one player skate by, and he's like, it's the, in the net. Though, and then they're all like, let's go. All of the Avalanche players saw it and knew yeah. what was going on. They, like, immediately stormed the ice, and they're, like, all celebrating. And the announcers are even like, well, the Avalanche are all celebrating. They think it went in. <laughs> but nobody knew what was going on. Yep. So it was just sitting there watching it, trying to figure out what actually happened right here. And I thought they were going to review that. But, I mean, the replay clearly shows it. I just – Gets in right underneath the guy's armpit, goes to the top of the net. Um, and I do think the officials were trying to figure out, like, did this actually go in? Where is the puck? What's going on? So I don't I don't fault them for that. But it was just kind of a, a weird situation and a weird ending. And then, um, of course, a lot of people upset about the too many men on the ice. I think if, again, I'm not a huge hockey guy. Maybe I'm wrong here. I think if you're actually upset about this, you just wanted the avalanche to lose. Yeah. Like, if you're a Tampa Bay fan, you're probably waking up today being like, yeah, you know what? There were too many guys on the ice. That is bullshit. Or you just you you didn't want the avalanche to win last night. So you yep. would look at it and say, oh, well, of course. But I think anybody looking at it with an unbiased opinion or you know, just being a little bit objective would, would say that – it really didn't make that much of a difference. I guess maybe technically you should have called it, but it does make it tricky because McKinnon was coming off the ice as Kadri was coming on. Kadri does hit the game winner. But I still, like, maybe I'm just too hockey dumb to think that it made an actual difference. But I will say what makes a huge difference is being up 3-1. Yeah, That was huge. I was pretty nervous watching the game last night because going down or sorry, tying the series 2-2, would have been huge for the Lightning. But now that they're down 3-1, even the coach last night doing some of his post-game pressers, I think at one point he even said, like, if you make that call for too many men on the ice, we're still playing. Hey, bud, you know you still got a series here? <laughs> yeah. You're down 3-1. You, you're going to play on Friday. And I think it's been a long time since anyone in the uh, Stanley Cup Finals has come back down from 3-1. I think it was the Maple Leafs that did it last. And if I saw the stat correctly, um, it was like 1974 or something like that. So it's been it's been a minute since we've seen that. So it would be cool. Tampa Bay Lightning you know, do have the possibility. But I want to ask you, as an Avs fan, seeing your team go up 3-1, do you want to call it a lock or is it just like, a, hey? And we I just, called it a lock after 2-0. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> 
I, I think it is. I, I think that even I mean this game it's going back to Colorado on Friday. Mm-hmm. Good luck winning there. <laughs> like even if you win in in Colorado, and I, I apologize if I'm offending any Tampa Bay Lightning fans. I, I'm not a big enough of a hockey fan to talk shit on anyone's team. I barely know any of the the hockey players for the Lightning. But this series going back to Colorado, I think it probably ends Game Five. Ends in Game Five, so next game. Yeah. Even Jesse, who is like our hockey guy, yeah, he even puts it in the chat. Game Five is a given. Uh, Tampa can't win. In Colorado, I, I think that Tampa Bay just they they kind of know they're done. Yep. We'll take game five in Colorado. If not, still got game six and game seven. Yep. And big thanks to Jesse for kind of being our uh, hockey consultant here. He's really kind of helped lead us through the playoffs. Really kind of just started this really on his own by giving us updates and everything in the comment and in the chats and stuff like that. And next thing you know, we're sitting here talking about it. And Mill is all in with that bullshit of his Oilers playing the Avalanche and me coming on here and gloating and him sticking with us. <laughs> really appreciate it. And also helped me uh, just understand hockey a little yep. bit better. I will pat myself on the back. I have really just hit the ground running with this hockey stuff. You're still all into it? You don't think you're going to get bored of it afterwards? Oh, no. We'll see what happens in the regular season, how much yeah. I pay attention. But playoff hockey, I'm here for. Yep. I might just have to be that guy that picks a team every year and like this, who I'm rooting for. But it does <laughs> sound like the Avalanche probably going to be pretty good for a while. Here's a question. Do they have hockey mini helmets? Yeah. I was going to say, because that would actually be kind of cool. Matt has a... Oh, duh. I knew that. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Now, my mini helmet collection is only going to be for college football, though. Gotcha. My daughters actually uh, asked me, like, hey, do you want, like, a Chiefs mini helmet? And I said, no, actually, I don't. I want to do NFL teams. It's all college football. Yep. Here's the link to my Amazon list. Select (laughs) one of those. So that's my mini football thing. Um, Also, Darcy Kemper, uh, the goalie for the Avalanche. I shit on this guy the other night. Talked about how he got pulled (laughs) out five goals. He played much better last night. And even, like, I... Every time the Lightning put up a shot, I was nervous. Uh, but he's able to save 37 of 39 shots. It did. He had some really good saves, too, where it's like, okay, if this were game three, that's going in. Yeah. And even one of the goals that he gave up, he, dude gets his helmet knocked off of his face. And somebody puts a goal in. Like, to me, that should almost be like a, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> a goalie lost his helmet. We're stopping the play. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you almost should get in a fight over that. Like, you yeah. still put a shot on goal with his helmet off? Uh-uh. I mean, this isn't like, you know, in football, like, oh, an offensive lineman lost his helmet 30 yards downfield. We're going to stop the play. This is a goalie. Well, they're putting on shots. Yeah. And they're like, no, doesn't matter. Lost your helmet. It's fine. You're, like, we were talking about too many men on the ice, but not the fact that the goalie lost his helmet, and it's still like, sorry, dude. Got to keep playing. Yep. Hope you don't get one to the grill because uh, those pucks come at about 90 miles per hour. <laughs> and, yeah, if you do get smacked in the face, you're probably going to lose a couple of teeth. You'll get some good cocky credit, but that's going to be about it. Um, yeah. I do wonder, though, with the goalies, like between games and games, like what helps change this performance? Like does it, is it scouting reports? Is it more just like aware on the word guys – consistently shoot with the puck do you even have time to realize that as the puck's coming at you or there is a breakaway like I would love to just know like what a goalie's mindset is in hockey because like you have to keep an eye on the puck at all times but we have so many people moving in front of you like that you got a guy who's purposely just standing in front of you so you can't see and the next thing you know it's like 
boom, here comes like a 90-mile-an-hour hockey puck straight at you. And then even like if it bounces off of you and it's like you can't get to it, you got to make sure no one's there for a rebound. I feel like playing goalie in hockey would be a very difficult position. Mm-hmm. I do too. Just the vision that you have to have. Yeah. I can barely track the puck sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then to have one hit at you in a crowd of people going 90 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. And it's black too. Like I, I think there's a good comparison with like baseball. Pitchers are throwing 90, 100 miles per hour. But they have the batter's eye. So the entire background of what they're seeing is usually green. Yeah. All they're seeing is a pitcher, a white ball, and a green background. In hockey, it's a black puck. There's no batters or goalies eye. It's (laughs) just you're in a crowd, and it's like, hey, good luck. Hope somebody else gets in the way of this. Yeah. There was a guy last night for the Lightning that got hit. Somebody had a slap shot, and it hit him right in the knee, like the side of the knee where there was Ooh. not any padding. That's, I always think about that with hockey players. I can't believe I missed that. Right in, like, right in the side, like not the kneecap, but I think that is maybe even a worse place to just take a hit. <laughs> That's just all bone. Like, that makes have, my leg hurt just yeah, thinking about that. Yeah, you have no that. muscle there. Like he's probably got a bruise on his femur this morning that's yep. just killing him. Uh, I immediately felt bad for that dude. And even they – Show the replay, and they're like, oh, look, here's where the puck hits him. He immediately skates off the ice. <laughs> yeah, I bet he did. That had to hurt so bad. I don't know what the weight difference is between a hockey puck and a baseball, but I feel like a hockey puck hitting you in the side of the knee would hurt worse than a baseball. I think it definitely weighs more. It just seems like it would. I'm looking it up right now because the, I am interested. To take the shot right there to the knee. Uh, that was tough. But uh, not to sound like a gloating fan or like I, I know so much about hockey, I do feel like this series is probably over. I think they end it in Game 5 in Colorado, which I will be uh, very excited for, obviously. I'm going to make my daughters watch it and pretend that they're Avalanche fans. Uh, that way they can come out and say, like, eventually, like, oh, yeah, I, my hockey team, I watched them win the Stanley Cup, assuming yep. that they'll be Avalanche fans. So a baseball is between 5 and 5.25 ounces, and then a hockey puck is 5.5 to 6 ounces. So pretty much a half an ounce, but it's quite a difference. Yep. I think it's also the way it's shaped, too, because, like, a hockey puck is thick. And, like, that baseball's round, so, like, the more, like, striking area of the baseball, I feel like with it being more, it's not going to be as painful. And Brooks brings this up in the chat, too. Uh, it's crazy that, like, in soccer, there are not more goals. That's actually something that I don't like to continue to shit on soccer. I know we've got some <laughs> soccer fans. That I've never understood how it's such a low-scoring game in soccer. Yes. Like, in hockey, I get it because in hockey, it's not actually that low-scoring. It hasn't been lately. A couple weeks ago. Like, can you imagine if a team scored six touchdowns? We'd be like, holy shit, this is the best offense ever. Yep. But, like, the Lightning did it the other night. The Lightning scored – or sorry, the Avalanche scored seven goals in game two. Like, if you're doing that in football, we're talking about how great you are, like, historically on offense. Um, but in, in soccer, the net is huge. It's so wide open most of the time. Although I do mm-hmm. think, like, dribbling a soccer ball, tougher than a puck. Skating harder than running, though. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't even get it with, like, soccer because... I mean, you have more guys on the field. It is a huge field, so maybe that's it. Like, you just get tired. Or, like, there's just so many people on the field, it's hard to get breakaways like that. But in hockey, like, you're still crowded up on that ice. Yeah. That is a solid point. I guess I never really thought of it that way. I bet I've watched two, maybe three complete soccer games. 
start to finish in my entire life. Mm -hmm. That might be too many. And that is honestly because (laughs) the 96 Women's World Cup. I think it was 96. Where we were just dominating people. Yeah. Like, okay, this seems like a special moment. I'll watch. So you've not watched any soccer since then? Is that what you're saying? Um, Little small clips like, oh, there's a soccer game on. Thanks, but no thanks. I think there was a one uh, like two or three years ago that was maybe a big deal. USA was facing like Mexico or mm-hmm. I don't I don't even remember. Will I watch a soccer game start to finish again in my life? No. <laughs> Not gonna happen. I don't know the last time I've done it either, but <laughs> it's just funny. <laughs> Your answers on some stuff like that is just so brutally honest that it just cracks me up. Like I'm just I'm not going to do that. I hate the fake fans, though, that like yeah. pretend to love the obscure sports. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I even bitched about it the other day with, like, MLS. There's or Not even MLS. It was the World Cup in Kansas yeah. City. There are so many people that are like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. No, you're not. You're not. You just see everybody else posting about it. You see Brittany Matthews post about it, or Brittany Mahomes now. Uh, and, you know, the Royals and other people. And you're like, oh, I'm going to share it on my story. Uh, look at my Facebook, too. It's like, I know you're lying. I know you're fake excited. If they wouldn't have got it in Kansas City, nobody would have cared. Well, no, I I say nobody. A lot of people wouldn't have cared. So one of my pet peeves in life is people that pretend they're fans of something when it's trendy. Yep. Football was the same way. We call them bandwagon fans. Now, I am also one of them. But, you know, the fair weather fans, I think, are different. When you hop on something, you're like, oh, the Chiefs are good? Yeah, I'm going to cheer for them. And the people that pretend like, what are you talking about? I live in Missouri. I've been a fan my whole life. So that's why I'm just, I'm open and honest about it. Do I care about soccer? Absolutely not. Did I care about hockey before? Nope, but here I am now. And the Chiefs, that's why I I put it out there. I am a bandwagon fan. Mm -hmm. I started cheering in 2017. I think as a fan, you almost should have like a a birth certificate. When did you actually become a fan? (laughs) And because, you know, if the Chiefs were bad, there would be so many people that just disappear off the face of the earth and don't pay any attention to the Chiefs mm-hmm. ever again. But when they were good and it was trendy, here I am. So I guess I hate fair weather fans and just just fake fans. Yeah. We don't have to be into every sport. Even as sports media people, there are just some sports I don't like. Soccer is tops. Uh, the WNBA, I think it's awesome that they have a season. I am not watching WNBA. It's just not my cup of tea. Yeah. Uh, I've had my daughters watch some. They like basketball. I want to see that there's representation of women in sports. I'm not watching it, though. Do yeah. I support it? Love it? You betcha. I'm not watching it, though. Are you down to go to, or open to go to a soccer game? Uh, if there's tailgating. Actually, I don't know if there's tailgating in soccer. I'm sure there is, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like NASCAR is the same way. Um, I don't give a shit about NASCAR. <laughs> but would I go? Yes. The Kentucky Derby. Do I give a shit about horse racing? Nope. Would I go? Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. There's a big difference between would I go and do I like it. Yeah. And that's fair. That's what I mean. It's like, would you be open to go to then further decide if you like it or not? Yeah. It's like 1 a.m. at a bar. Am I going to marry this girl? Absolutely not. <laughs> but we'll experience it for a little bit. God bless it. <laughs> I don't have to pretend that I fall in love every time I meet somebody new. I don't have yeah. to love every sport, but like, yeah, I'll give it a go. Mm-hmm. We'll experiment a little bit. Take me back to my college days. We'll see if I'm coming back. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I played this once in uh, elementary school. Let's try it again. But that's my <laughs> thing with 
fake sports. That's mm-hmm. my, my rant for thinking out loud Thursday already. Um, a couple other things going on in the world of sports. And this was something that I was actually pretty pissed off about yesterday is the hearings going on for um, Roger Goodell, Dan Snyder. We talked about it a little bit. I hadn't done a lot of research on it yesterday. Just kind of honestly waiting to see like what would happen, what would come out mm-hmm. from it. And I ended the day with it just so aggravated. I think it is such an embarrassment to our country. Uh, again, not to be like super political, but you have elected officials talking to a very, very important person in Roger Goodell to try to figure out what's going on with this workplace harassment and should Roger Goodell sell the team and things like that. Or not Roger Goodell, Dan Snyder. And should he sell the team? Very important issues. And you have these dumbasses up there asking questions like, why isn't Dave Portnoy allowed into NFL games? Mm -hmm. At the time, I thought, that's pretty funny, actually. Then I got to thinking about it. These are, this is a very important issue. You've had time to think about it. You get to ask Roger Goodell, one of the most impactful people in sports. Yeah. Serious questions about workplace harassment. And your question that you came up with was, why isn't Dave Portnoy allowed into football games? Yep. Just such an embarrassment. And then uh, there's another person that brought up, like, Tom Brady and Deflategate. What the fuck does that have to do with anything Washington Commanders related? Yes. Nothing. So I just, I honestly thought that was super embarrassing, stupid. The people involved should be ashamed of themselves. Like, even Roger Goodell should have been sitting there thinking, this is a waste of my fucking time. Oh, I'm sure he was, especially when they brought up Dave Portnoy. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like because the representative started off with asking him if like if he believes, you know, in the First Amendment, freedom of speech and every aspect of it, and he was like, Yes, absolutely. And it was like, Okay, now what's up with Dave Portnoy? And he's just like, What? Like I'm sorry I didn't quite hear that. Like we all know you heard it. It's just more of like a right. response of Are you did freaking Roger seriously asking me about yesterday? that? One hundred percent. He definitely did. <laughs> And Should is he going to get in trouble? No. I will tell you what. If Roger Dale gets in trouble for lying to that and Dan Snyder just gets away with it again, it's going to be very annoying. And it's like, that's where this attention has gone. To where Barstool is getting more attention and Dave Portnoy as well. And we said, talked about it on radio yesterday. We don't have an issue with Barstool. We actually are both in favor of their content. They're funny. Love listening and watching Barstool and reading any of their blogs that they put out. But to also call Dave Portnoy a journalist I thought was a little questionable. That was a fucking as, stretch if I've ever like, heard one. Oh, my God, it was. <laughs> I don't and even then, know who the guy is. Like the represent, I, Maybe he was from Texas. I don't know. I've seen him on a clip before kind of reaming other like Congress members and like kind of catching them in a hard spot. And it was like, okay, hey, like I'm familiar with the guy's face, but I don't remember his name. I don't either. But even for him yesterday to be like, Dave Portnoy is a sports journal, like he's yeah. a journalist. He's interviewed the president, and oh, he even works for Barstool Sports. Like he's a sports guy. Why isn't he allowed into games? And Roger's like, I don't, I don't know anything about that. And there is yeah. a possibility where like Roger Goodell's know who he is, but he's like, I don't know anything with a punishment or not allowing in games. That not necessarily might not be Roger Goodell's call. You know what I mean? Yeah. He might be aware of like, okay, hey. I know he can't come to anything, but like I'm not the one that made that call, so I don't know exactly what that process was. So there might be a little bit of truth in the whole blatancy of the, I don't or really could know. could be like, yeah, I knew we banned him from a Super Bowl. I didn't realize he was banned for life. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know if that's – I don't even know if that's a true statement. I don't know either. To, just to be honest. Uh, but uh, I thought the line of questioning was just an embarrassment 
altogether. I mean, you can tell they weren't prepared to talk about the Washington commander situation with Dan Snyder. There was one representative that was, and we talked about it yesterday on the show live. She was the only one. I believe it was Representative Carolyn, or Marilyn, excuse me. That was it, Maloney, excuse me, Carolyn Maloney. And, like, that was it. Outside of that, the other people were just like, man, we'll ask them about some other bullshit and be on with their day. Mm-hmm. And, and now some people might, you know, be paying attention to the sports, but like, we don't give a shit about Roger Goodell. We don't care. You know, he's not that important to us. We got other issues that we need to focus our time and issues on. That's cool, and I get it, but, like, in the world of football and a guy that's an owner like this and he's got these sexual allegations and he's got all this, you know, just shady stuff going on in the organization that he owns, and then for him to just not be there and be in France on his yacht, I think is very awkward. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what he has to say next week where he's forced to be on the stand and, you know, right. answer questions and just kind of be in a spot of what exactly happened. Yeah. And I know that, like, for politicians, it's probably not their cup of tea for sports, not all mm-hmm. of them. And so the in and outs of football, they're, they're probably not, like, so, like, super aware of. But even, like, the last line of questioning of, like, will you remove Dan Snyder as owner? Uh, to just be screaming at Roger Goodell. And not knowing that, like, he actually can't do that. Yeah. So maybe there are a lot of even football fans out there that didn't realize that. I, It was a topic that was talked about a while back of um, if they really wanted to remove Dan Snyder as an owner and make him sell the team, it would take 24 other owners in the NFL to vote against him. Roger Goodell can't just come out and be like, hey, we're going to do this. Yep. I think that he can voice an opinion probably behind closed doors that says, hey, you know, Jerry Jones. Let's get this going. You know, Arthur Blank or whoever else. Let's, uh, we need to get this guy out. He can voice that opinion, form a coup. I don't know what he has to do, but <laughs> he can't just sit up there and be like, sell your team. You have yep. to do it. I mean, he's really just, he's a voice for the owners. He 100% is, yeah. The owners rule the league. Roger Goodell is just kind of the figurehead. Yep. It's like, hey, we've come together, the 32 of us. This is what we want to do. Roger Goodell comes out and makes a statement. Yep. Makes a lot of money to do so. But I, I just thought that that was pretty embarrassing yesterday. But I, I do wonder if eventually the twenty if they will get 24 owners together to vote him out. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it a little bit, obviously. The money thing is the big issue, which it shouldn't be. Um, but I think that's going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back of, oh, you were hiding money from us that was supposed to be shared amongst us. That's going to get him... Hopefully I hope it. I hope it does, and hopefully next week when you know he's because he's been subpoenaed to be there next week. Hopefully when he does do the interview, there's something like, I don't want to say like slips up, but at the same time, I hope there's something that he is has to be truthful about or like gets caught in a lie, and there's just like, yep, that we're not doing this. We're not going to have an organization in this league be affiliated with him anymore. He's not going to be a part of it because, like we said yesterday, I don't know if it was on the podcast or the radio show um, that we do here locally, but it was the fact that. The Washington Commanders football team actually doesn't seem like it's going to be that bad this next year. And your head coach with Ron Rivera is a good guy. He is in a good spot. And it feels like you've tried to get other things heading in the right direction. Even like their president was his like Jason Wright. Like there's so many people in that organization that are good at what they do. Yeah, and they're being overshadowed by the Snyder. shittiness of Dan Snyder. Now, whoever's decision it was yesterday to put out the statement of like, hey, here's two years of progress and what we're doing. That's just bad fucking timing. Yeah. <laughs> and I know we'd like to point the finger at Dan Snyder. He was on a yacht yesterday. I don't think he was the one that was like, hey, push send on that statement, by the way. No. 
So whoever did, like, I know his name was tied to it. He probably got an email and was like, hey, we're going to put this out. And he signed off on it, maybe. But that was... It was a bad PR move is what Washington. it was. Like, yeah. You are the, maybe one of the worst PR four teams out there. Like, every time they screw up, they're like, oh, but look at this. <laughs> hey, yep. here's a, a minor thing. Like, you look over here, look over here. <laughs> yeah. Did our owner sexually assault a woman on a plane? But look at what we've done over the last two years. Yep. He hasn't touched anybody on a plane that we're aware of yet, <laughs> yep. which was pretty much the statement. Did he send a bunch of emails instead about our cheerleaders being yeah. naked between their calendar photo shoot? Uh-huh. 100%. Did he definitely use the N-word in some of those emails? I'm sure that he did. Yeah, and this just goes to our conspiracy theory, too, and I know we mentioned it yesterday again on the radio show. Is like, what information does he have on the NFL and these other owners where they this hasn't happened yet? Yeah, he's he's got to have something to where they're act- I think they're actually afraid – to like to vote him out, mm-hmm. or he probably would have been already, or yeah. maybe they're just such a loyal group of owners that they're like it's really going to take something very serious, which it already fucking happened, yeah, to get him voted out, and you know everybody again up in arms about Deshaun Watson, he pretty much did the same thing as Dan Snyder, and nobody's mentioning it. The yep. number of times is obviously a little bit different, but at the same time. Um, you know, Dan Snyder, uh, what's the Patriots owner, whatever his name is, he had the hot, happy endings, which, I don't know, if both parties are on board for what's going on, I don't have a problem with it. Yep. I'm not here to kink shame anybody or tell someone how they can make their money. I, hot take, think prostitution should be legal. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that one, but if you I do go you, out boo. There and I say, hey, for $500, you can have sex with me. That should be okay. If I'm okay with it, the other person's okay with it. There's some shady things that come with it, um, like people that don't consent and um, – aggressive, abusive behavior. I don't know why I'm pretending like I'm some prostitution expert. Yeah, I know. That's kind of where it's like you mentioned that. I was like, people are definitely thinking you're over here just buying prostitutes every time you travel. Hey, if there were more in Joplin, maybe. Hey, you honey, I got a I got a cool collection of college football. How much you want to come see him? Also give you 50 bucks. Uh, right? Uh, yeah. I, I read some stories <laughs> that I could tell. There used to be a – I'm just going to do it. Okay. Uh, All right. Earmuffs. Can't wait. You know, if you're younger, maybe – Skip ahead 30 seconds or something. There used to be a a girl I went to high school with who, she was nasty. (laughs) There's a lot of things she would do for just, like, random items. It's like if if I went to high school now, she'd have, like, an Amazon list of, like, hey, for this much, I'll do that. I need a new pack of pencils, honey. But it would be like, man, I had a friend that did it, and he was, like, for a – a Slim Jim and like a Reese's peanut butter cup. I had sex. With wow! <laughs> oh my god! I can remember it. So, so is that really what he got her? I swear to God, because I was like, <laughs> "Did you intentionally buy items that look like a dick in balls <laughs> with a Slim Jim, two Reese's?" Holy! Cups. And he was shit. like, "No, but that's hilarious." And I was like, <laughs> "Honestly, it's like, how'd you even do it? Like, that's disgusting, man!" Like, he was like, "Yeah, I was in a pinch." I'm like, that's. 
I was in a pinch. You're in high school, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Right? uh, Internet was not real popular back then. Yeah. Um, Small town USA. So it's like, what are you going to do? What's a kid to do? Uh, Anyway, speaking of great deals, you should go over to Roper Kia. Check out their inventory online. If you mention us here at Mike Tup, you're going to get $1,000 off your nicer newer ride. Again, that's Roper Kia right here in Joplin, Missouri. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Gunspot. Make sure you visit them at Gunspot.com for all your gun and ammo needs. No reserved auctions every single week. And one of the best parts about the site is there's no hidden fees when you go to checkout, so you don't have to worry about it. Also, it's not a matter of if. It is a matter of when you're going to visit the website. So be sure to do that at Gunspot.com. And also happening tonight is the NBA draft, which mm-hmm. I feel like is not being talked about a lot. Is it's- this... I was thinking about last night, just preparing for the show, like in the back of my mind. Uh, no one's talking about it. I'm not as interested. Last year, I remember going into the draft, or two years ago, even going into the NBA draft, being like, "Oh shit, this is this is exciting!" Like I'm yeah. reading scouting reports, I'm doing stuff like that. So I don't know if this hockey has taken over my June month of June here, but it just it doesn't seem as exciting. And there are some really good players in this draft. Yeah, and like like you said, the players are good, but I just I feel like it's because we don't like nothing's a lock, or we feel like it is a lock that now last minute everyone's trying to like media members or NBA guys are like, hey, we need to kind of get some more attention to this. So let's say that the number one pick's not necessarily a lock anymore. I was like, eh, like I, mean, I woke is up it? this morning to notifications and tweets of like peek behind the curtain. Usually my alarm goes off, and the first thing I do is check my phone and be like, did anything super big happen overnight? Yep. And so I'll do like a quick scroll of Twitter. Uh, I'll check ESPN, see what the big headlines are, things like that, just to start my day. And the big talking points this morning at like 6.45 or so were that the top three in the NBA draft was no longer a lock. Mm-hmm. And even I even – it's still in the rundown <clears throat> that some sports books were changing their lines. Some were actually taking down bets for number one. Like they, they stopped taking bets for the number one overall pick. And some had even changed it to where Paulo Boncaro was the favorite. That was as of probably around 7 a.m. Central Time this morning, like yeah. three and a half hours ago. And then uh, Woj comes out later in the day and it <laughs> just tweets it out. I don't remember what it was. And said the top three is a lock. It's firm. It's yeah. It's going to be Jabari Smith. It's going to be Chet Holmgren. And then it's going to be Paulo Boncaro. And then after he put that out, everything changed. <laughs> I tweeted with a, a person that does a sports betting show at like 5 a.m. And she even said like our entire show is just ruined because of the news that came out when Woj dropped the bomb, yep. which it wasn't like a big one. But when he says something about the NBA, NBA draft, it's usually true. Yep. He's, he's not a guy that puts out just like a lot of bullshit of like, oh, here's some speculation. He's probably talked to each team in the top three and be like, who are you taking? Yep. This is who they're taking. Oh, you chat number two. And then Paolo Boncaro going to Houston. I we're on to like pick number four, which already sounds like it's Ivy from Purdue. Yep. Which is one of those things that's great. Also, if you're watching the NBA draft tonight, um, I will be as well. Turn off Woj and Shams notifications. That's because <laughs> they're like going to be Adam ahead of the Schefter draft. At the draft, it's like I don't need to know 15 minutes before the pick is in who it is. Yeah. I like to see it and react to it on television. Yeah. With everybody else, mainly. So maybe if you can't watch the draft tonight or you're not super into it and you want to know the picks early, put turn those Woj notifications on because yep. they will be early. I know one year he got in trouble 
because he was so early on the picks that he'd gotten three or four picks ahead of the broadcast. Yikes. Yeah, to where, I mean, he was tweeting about, like, pick 12, and they were still on, like, eight. <laughs> Something stupid. That was back when I I had his notifications on for that one. I wasn't paying super close attention. Um, he does a great job, though, but it does kind of sound like that's a lock. Mm-hmm. And I'm still surprised that Jabari Smith going number one overall. Why is that? I really thought it would be Chet Holmgren. Oh, yeah. I don't know as much about Jabari Smith. Um, I have heard and read that he kind of seems to be the favorite based off potential that they think in the next couple of years he's gonna he could be a superstar, obviously, which is why he's going number one overall. Yeah. But the, you know, Chet Holmgren right up there too. But I've also seen people say that Paulo Boncaro is probably the most pro-ready of them. Uh, Jabari Smith and Chet Holmgren, both pretty slender guys. Uh, they're all built, now, you know, about 6'10 or so. Yep. But Paulo Boncaro weighing in around 250. His body type probably going to be able to play pretty immediately. But also Chet Holmgren. He's got a great outside shot. He's a very good shot blocker. I think a lot of that will transition to the NBA. But with a guy like Jabari Smith, you get him to the NBA where he can run and get in the open court a little bit, that's going to transition. And like I said, a lot of people feel like he's going to project very well to the NBA. Yeah. Which is another wild thing about basketball, how different college basketball is from the NBA. 100%. And like we say, he went to Auburn – Jabari Smith looking to be the number one pick. They say he's got one of the best shots, um, probably the, one of the best shooters in the draft, standing at six foot ten, and he's also a, like a complete year younger than Chet. So like when you put that into perspective as well, it's like okay, well if this guy has more potential, and he's a great shooter, and he's very competitive, and he's never stops on the defensive side of the ball, yeah, we'll take that over Chet. I just I don't know what my deal is with Chet, but I just be honest with you, I just don't believe it. It's hard to. And, like, I don't know why, I don't know what it is, but there's just something about him where it's just like, I don't know if that's going to work in the NBA. And I'm not an NBA expert. Like, I'm not trying to come off that way at all (laughs) whatsoever, especially with Chet. But it's just like, you got a guy that is that tall and that skinny. Uh And it's like, is that going to last? Because, like, a lot of the guys in the NBA are skinny as well, but they're still freaking jacked. I did see Kevin Durant going at, I think it was Cowherd yesterday, because Cowherd had had like his pre-draft stuff about Kevin Durant and was like, this guy's too skinny to ever play in the league. It won't yeah. happen. Now Kevin Durant, one of the greatest of all time. So but I, I feel like he's, and I don't know, maybe I I'm con- he contradicting myself. He was my... a, a better ball handler. I don't think Chet Holmgren compares to what Kevin Durant was doing. Yeah, because Durant's a pure shooter as well. Mm-hmm. One of the best shots yes. ever. And coming out of college, uh, he was dropping 30 yep. frequently. With but ease. he would also pair with, like, he had 11 rebounds, a couple assists. It was a pretty good shot blocker himself with that length. Um, so, I don't know. With Chet Holmgren, I do see a lot of question marks. But, you know, he's going to get drafted number two overall tonight. So, a lot of people not too concerned about his weight. Yeah. Which And I don't think that he's going to be – I don't think he's going to be, like, a power forward or center in the NBA. I think he's going to be more of that – Kevin Durant, stretch four, small forward type guy. Yeah, he's he's gonna play a lot on the perimeter. And I'm not questioning his like competitiveness or like his willingness to attack the basket again and again. It's just like, can he stay healthy doing that? Being at the size and how small he is. And it's not just like I I get it. He's seven foot tall. He's got a seven six wingspan. That's impressive. It's great. But like, I feel like I could wrap my hand around you. Yeah. Like I could just grab his wrist and just be like, no, you're like, I like my hand would just go completely all the way around him. Like even like grabbing his bicep. I just don't feel like he's, he's not thick enough. 
Giannis was pretty slim coming into the NBA. He's obviously packed on a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant is listed. I think they list him at six foot eleven, two hundred forty pounds. That's a lie. Yeah, I he's got to top out at two twenty five. Uh, David Robinson is one. Of, he's my favorite player that I in the NBA. Loved him growing up. I think of all of his trading cards. Uh, he was seven foot tall, two hundred twenty five pounds, but he was absolutely ripped at the beginning of his career. Kevin Durant yeah. is not bigger than David Robinson was, so for them to list him at six eleven, two forty. Like, that's why Giannis is listed at that. Yeah. It's 6'11", like 245. Like, those body types do not look the same. So, I think Chet will put on some weight. Uh, he's about 20 years old or so. I think that he can get above 200, maybe 210, maybe 215. But we will see. It is definitely a question mark. But it might be his only question mark. Mm-hmm. He's pretty good with the ball. He's a good shooter, good I don't know that he's a good defensive player, but he can block shots. Yeah. And it's going to be a matchup nightmare because, like, who does guard him? If you put a guy on him that's quick, they're not going to have the length. If you put a bigger guy on him, he's a good enough of a ball handler. He's going to cause problems. Yeah. yeah. But I do think that he's probably going to be pretty good. Speaking of Kevin Durant, uh, there was a lot of news yesterday that um, if Kyrie doesn't get what he wants, which is a new contract, that Kevin Durant would demand a trade from the Nets. And go where? <laughs> like, I, I saw that, too, and it's just like, where are you going to go, Kevin? Like, I know you're, you're a hot commodity. People are going to sit there and trade for you. But, like, where like, where would you put Kevin Durant? Because if it's you and Kyrie, I'm sure you guys are then going to want to go somewhere else together and try and make it work again because it did, just didn't work out in Brooklyn with you two and then James Harden, who eventually now found his way to – 76ers. What about Ben Simmons? You know interest in playing with Ben Simmons? I wonder what his thoughts I are with Ben Simmons coming to the Nets. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to be on the court for there to be interest in playing with him. <laughs> I think Kevin Durant would have – anyone would trade for him. They'd make that work. So I, I think he would have 29 options on where he wanted to go. Like if he did say, hey, Brooklyn, not going to be here next year. Um, the Celtics even, like, hey, we've got Jalen Brown. What what else you want to surround him? Yeah, you know, and that's like I'm going to the top, or even the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, you want Chris Middleton? What else you want with him? Because <laughs> we will make that deal. And even God, that'd LA, be terrifying. Uh, LeBron would say, I think LeBron would give up Anthony Davis to play with Kevin Durant. Really? I think so. Anthony Davis is always hurt. Yeah. And if you like, that would be that'd be cool. And if I think Kevin Durant. And LeBron, like, he's chasing one more championship. He doesn't have a lot of time left. He's doing yeah. whatever he can to win another championship. He wants five for sure. And Kevin Durant going to play every day, or for the most part. He's, he was a little banged up the last couple seasons. Mm-hmm. But he's going to play more than Anthony Davis. He honestly might be a better fit for LeBron. Like, his outside shot would maybe be the perfect matchup. LeBron looks – he's good at handling the ball. He likes to handle it. He's a ball-dominant yeah, guy. He wants to distribute. But then if he can still get to the rim and then be like, oh, you, you doubled me, KD's <laughs> Boop, right behind me. <laughs> right? Like that might be a better tandem. They're a little older now than even LeBron and Kyrie or LeBron and D-Wade. It's Kevin Durant. He doesn't have to have the ball in his hands to be a scorer. Do you think Kevin Durant would want to play with LeBron? I don't know. That's my only question with it, because 
I mean, there's talks of Kyrie finding a way to the Lakers if, you know, him and LeBron can kind of get over whatever feud is there, if there even is one anymore, because Kyrie realizes, okay, hey, I would be the guy now, mm-hmm. and I would just primarily get to be a shooter. Because wasn't it Kyrie last year who said, I'm not a point guard? Or I'm not just like a ball handler? He made comments about how he wanted to play in the post. He wanted to get a lot of looks. Yeah, I remember that live conversation with mm-hmm. Kevin Durant. Well, you know, like maybe maybe James, I get like four opportunities out of the Harden, post. He, he did make comments of like, James is a point guard now. Like, I'm more of the shooting guard. Yeah, okay. But I think that might have been, like, to help with James Harden's ego, kind of. Hmm. To be like, no, it's cool. You can be the point guard. Like, I don't I don't care. Yeah. I'm going to get my shots. You can label me as a center if you want to. I'll be down <laughs> in the post. I'm yeah. putting up 20 shots this game. I told Kevin four. We all know it's going to be eight. Uh-huh. I'm going to be down there. I, I think there would be a huge market if Kevin Durant did that. But also, if you're the Nets... And you know that's on the table of like, oh, we might lose Kyrie, and we're gonna lose Kevin Durant if that happens. You're probably just gonna pay Kyrie whatever he wants. Yeah. Which at 37 million, he might be a bargain. If it's 37, then you have to do it. I mean, Russell Westbrook's getting 45. I hear, I see Harden that, and like I was 47. like, huh? James Harden's getting like 47. Yeah, 37 is a, a a deal then. Yeah. Boop, sign the line. Here we go. We're moving on. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple other draft guys. DeAndre Ayton, I've seen his name a lot so far on the line today. Uh, I think that he could be a big trade candidate. Uh, not a great ending there with the Suns. He, last game, there was that kind of rumor, conspiracy, that he wouldn't go back out on the floor. And I, I think that he kind of knows his done there, so he could be a sign-in trade candidate at least. I don't know that anybody's trading out of those top picks. But it is the NBA draft tonight, and it should be pretty exciting. Do you have, like, a like a guy in this draft? Like, oh, this is the dude that I'm rooting for? Jaden Ivey out of Purdue. Yeah. I've had a couple over the last couple of years. I was big on John Morant. I don't remember that. That was the 2020 draft. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the 2020 uh, So, Jaden Ivey and Keegan Murray is who I'm actually very, very excited about. I really about. like Keegan Murray, too. I really hope that <laughs> – and it's going to come off very biased that Jay Ivey does, in fact, make it to number four of the Sacramento Kings, and the Kings can then make their way to Kansas City. Because I just, I would love that. I don't think it's going to happen. I know, man. I'm just... and I, I feel like it's my fault for putting that in your head. Oh, I've been thinking about it for years, dude. Like, ever since I moved to Kansas City, it's just been like, bring the Kings to KC. Mm-hmm. Like, the Kansas City Kings, KCK. Fuck, that's awesome. Like it just I, is, dude. I remember but uh, you talk about it like it's almost like, like going a to happen. Thing. Yes, and I I don't think that it will. I think Kansas City's probably best bet to get a team would be via expansion. I just think like if you could bring De'Aaron Fox and then a Jay Nivey to Kansas City, people uh-huh. are going to be ecstatic about that. I know yeah. I would be. If you put a basketball team in Kansas City, they'll be excited no matter who's there. Yeah, and I'm going to be there, dog. Are you? Yeah. I did see, uh, speaking of, uh, Devin put it in the chat. Katie and Kyrie go to OKC to bring a championship back to <laughs> OKC. I did see the other day it was the um, the anniversary of the last time Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook played together. Oh, wow. And that was another one of those situations when they lost that NBA Finals of, don't worry, guys, you'll be back soon. Like, you're yeah. about to start a dynasty. You mm-hmm. just don't know it yet. Guess what? <laughs> It didn't work out for you. None of them on that team anymore. So uh, that's just another reminder of 
even like with the Patrick Mahomes stuff or like the Joe Burrow stuff now, like, oh, don't worry, kid, you'll be back soon. Or with Mahomes, like, oh, he's going to win a shitload of Super Bowls. Yeah. It's hard to win a championship. It is. Look at LeBron James. He went to Four 10 in a 10. row. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's one of the greatest <laughs> players of all time. That's not even arguable. And he's actually lost more championships than he's won. It's yep. difficult to do that. I don't. I still think it's Tom Brady's fault. He's to blame that people just think that winning a Super Bowl or winning a championship is not that hard. Yeah. It is. There are a lot of great players that don't have one. And it, look, forget that. It's just people don't respect it enough. They just it's because Tom Brady fucking ruined it. That Tom Brady ended his last like five, six years in New England by going to the Super Bowl and yeah. winning. And then moving going to Tampa Bay and being like, you know what? I'm gonna win a Super Bowl here. Yeah, too, I'm gonna man. do it again. You guys thought I was done mid season? Yeah. Thought we were throwing the deep ball was gonna be an issue? Fuck that. Got in the playoffs and said, watch this. One, two, boom, ball out of my hands. We're going to march away down the field and score. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brooks put it in here, too. Uh, Jordan, uh, I think, kind of started it of like, oh, if he's playing, they're going to win. Uh, because he did win uh, six out of seven, technically. Like, he came back for one of those playoff runs and got bounced by the Magic. But he still wasn't like – he wasn't Jordan. He was wearing yeah. number 45. Like, he, wasn't, he wasn't Michael Jordan then. But, like, full seasons that he played, he won six in a row. And then, you know, we kind of – almost immediately after he got into the Tom Brady era yeah. of, oh, like the Patriots won the Super Bowl. That's cool. Now they're going to go on to win five more or whatever it was. Yeah. And then Jake in the chat here is like, you'll be back in the Super Bowl, don't you worry. The coach to Dan Marino. <laughs> yeah, that's the best one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I, I wasn't old enough at the time to like recognize that one, but that was the one of like, Dan Marino is going to be back. Don't you worry about mm-hmm. um, I think Joe. I think Joe Burrow is the next one. I think he's going to struggle. Next year, yeah, I agree. That's just, I know we've talked about it several times before, but like, that's a tough division. Mm-hmm. You got lucky last year. Everything fell your way. In the AFC, now, like you said it too, there's a target on your back. You're in trouble. I've seen a lot of people also talking about the Mike Tomlin interview that he did. What is, uh, I Am Athlete or Pivot. I can't remember which one. Uh, that He did an excellent job. I haven't watched it. I've seen a couple clips of it the one i did see was mike tomlin talking about leadership and like looking for that next uh, person to take over the team and how that's not just something that they let casually happen like they're mm-hmm. going to teach the next guy how to be a leader and what it means to be like a pittsburgh Steeler. so they have cam hayward who's been doing it for a long time has already taken Najee harris under his wing and because tomlin had kind of identified him as like this is the next guy that's going to lead our, our team which Tomlin loved Najee Harris coming out of the draft. Like, and it wasn't a secret yeah, at all. And I think that's part of it. Najee Harris, very charismatic. I, I definitely can see the leadership aspect. But it's, it's funny to me. It's not even like, oh, here's you know, the quarterback we just drafted, Kenny Pickett. Yep. They're not even looking at Kenny Pickett like, oh, go meet with Cam Hayward. This is your guy that's going to teach you how to be a leader. It's not T.J. Watt. It's not Minka Fitzpatrick. Like, there are some options on that team that they could say, like, this is our next guy, but it's Najee Harris. So I think that's a, just a huge compliment from Mike Tomlin. And if Mike Tomlin says something, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back it. I think that he's one of the best coaches in football. Like If I had to pick a coach to play for, Tomlin is probably number one. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the podcast interview that he's been doing lately with like Ryan Clark and stuff has been hilarious. 
I've been seeing those kind of clipped out and put on Twitter. And I don't know the podcast name, but it's like the fact that like Mike Tomlin has been so open with everything too. And they kind of they dove into the Super Bowl against the Cardinals, where it was like, hey, you know, this defense was like the defense to look out for when they started the playoffs. Ryan Clark's like, hey, yeah, we were like on the cover of Sports Illustrated, like one of the best defenses ever. And we got to the Super Bowl, and Larry Fitzgerald just killed us. And Tomlin said, I had to like let these guys know that they were okay that last drive because, you know, Ben Big leads them down the Big Ben, excuse me, leads them down the field to scores. San Antonio, Holmes catches the ball in the corner of the end zone, does this thing, they're up. And Tomlin says he's looking at the eyes of these defensive players, and all, all their eyes are just like huge and bugged out. And he's like, hey, just one more stop. Like, that's all you got to do. And just hearing them talk about it is hilarious. And I think it's just the way that Tomlin always relates to his players as well. It just makes everything so welcoming and comfort there. I don't know. Like, as much as I want to sit here and kind of question what Pittsburgh's going to be like next year, you have Mike Tomlin. You're going to be fine. He's never had a losing season. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Like, I think you brought that up last year at the beginning of the year when I said I think Pittsburgh's going to be a top-10 pick. I didn't think they were going to be able to, like, live up to it. I thought the division was going to be tough. And Big Ben, I thought, was just going to fall apart, and they didn't have anyone to kind of replace him last year with it. And you guys were like, well, he's never had a losing season. And it was like right after you guys said that, I was like, ugh, that's tough. Uh, Even last year, they went 9-7-1. and Yep. In a very tough division. (laughs) Another thing that's crazy, like the Browns had a pretty solid year. They went 8-9, and finished third in that division. The Ravens finished last in that division last year. Yep. They're definitely going to be a candidate from worst to first. Within that division, I, I think they're going to be very good. The Steelers, I like them. You kind of questionable questioned them last year, doubted them. That's me this year. I like no. Tomlin, Watt, Fitzpatrick, two of my favorite players in the league. I like Najee Harris. You got a bad quarterback, and you've got a bad offensive line. Yeah. Good luck dealing with that. Those. That's like the most important position. I'm interested on in what the offense is going to look like next year. That's for certain. Like, are do you become a run heavy team with Najee Harris? Are you a drop back, get the ball out quickly with Kenny Pickett? Are you going to let him sling it? What is your game plan? And is, is Mitchell Trubisky your starter? Is Kenny Pickett your starter? I mean, Kenny Pickett just signed his contract today, so that's official. But, like, outside of that, it's like, what is going to happen here? Yeah. And I just think that that offensive line is, is real bad. Maybe they've got, you know, they'll do better. Maybe they've got some guys that are developing, and it will be good enough for them to be a run-heavy team. But even if you're not confident in those quarterbacks, I don't know that your offensive line is good enough to just say, hey, we're going to give Najee Harris 20 carries a game, mm-hmm. which is just unheard of in this era of football. And you bring up guys like Larry Fitzgerald, too. And I tweeted about it earlier, but it's just been – it's like popping up. It's like the football gods want me to talk about this. Can we just appreciate Jerry Rice for a second? <laughs> what he is able to do and, like, his numbers – the fact that I'm sorry to like a younger generation, for anybody to mention Larry Fitzgerald, Randy Moss, or Terrell Owens in the same category as Jerry Rice is a fucking moron. <laughs> I, I apologize, guys. Like, there's a, just a clear tier. I like T.O. I like Randy Moss, Larry Fitzgerald, probably underrated. They don't compare to Jerry Rice. What's making you? Just want to think this out loud, I guess. We were talking about Tony Gonzalez the other day. Uh-huh. So it was like, oh, I'm going to look up receiving yards leaders and things like that. Who's at the top? Jerry Rice. Yep. Um, Larry Fitzgerald, there was a graphic earlier today that I saw that uh, it was from the Washington Commanders, like talking about Brian Mitchell, who has like the most all-purpose yards or second all-time. Number one overall is Jerry Rice. Yep. 
So it just – and honestly, it, it kind of pisses me off a lot, actually, not kind of. I'm just being nice. That people are like, Randy Moss, best receiver ever. Yeah. Most athletic receiver ever. They're, like, there's where the line should be. Is yeah. Jerry Rice shorter, slower? Sure. But he's still better. <laughs> yeah. And, well, I mean, the numbers prove it, and I, I do agree with you. And the numbers are like – it's not even so much that they prove it. It's just that they are untouchable. How, like, he was so good for so long that I honestly think like they're in a they're like with baseball we talk about records that will never be broken. Yeah, Jerry Rice's receiving records they're up there. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they will ever be broken because you even have like a guy like Larry Fitzgerald dominated, played a long time in the NFL, was good immediately, is five thousand yards away from Jerry Rice. <laughs> That's five seasons. Yeah. That he's just, you're not going to touch those records. And I'm not a 49er fan. I'm, I'm clearly not either, but it's just, I remember, I think it was Odell's like third or fourth year in mm-hmm. New York, where it was like, you know, these are the seasons he's having. He would have to, if he did this for like another 16 years at this consistent level, he would still not catch Jerry Rice. Mm-hmm. It might not have been 16, but I know it was a lot. Where it was like, hey, if he does have a long, healthy career, he's going to have to do this for this many more seasons. And if he does, it's still not going to touch Jerry Rice's numbers. And I think that was the first time I had heard it, and I was like, holy cow. I didn't realize how remarkable Jerry Rice's career was. Yep. Even Larry Fitzgerald has 100 less catches than Jerry Rice. But again, 5,000 less yards. I mean, did the 40, is that the only thing the 49ers did was just give the ball to Jerry and let him go? Yeah, might as well. Like, I just don't know how, like, do defenses just not freaking stop that or just go, like, where all their thoughts are like, yeah, this slow guy's not going to beat us today. Like, I just don't understand how he did it every fucking year. Randy Moss has 156 career touchdowns. He's second all time. Jerry Rice has 197. God. He's got 40 more touchdowns, receiving touchdowns. So that's where, like, I don't know, maybe it's God. I know you believe in him. Maybe he's just leading me to talk about Jerry Rice. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. We get it. You want Jerry Rice on the show? <laughs> it's that like, a, cool. what is that movie where the guy like keeps seeing the number fifty six all day, and then like they Will Smith asks him like, "Oh, pick a number, any number." Oh, that's like, like one of my 56. favorite freaking movies. <laughs> right. yep. That's me with Jerry Rice this week. It's like we've why been subconsciously tricking this guy. Up. Yep. <laughs> right, because it's been so many instances this week of like. I've read the name Jerry Rice. Maybe it's the starting lineup that I have behind me. What if it's haunted? Dude, don't start that shit. You were doing so good. I was just like, hey, I'm on with you. Look at him. He's taking signs from God. Woo! Got some progress here. Just kidding. It's ghosted. <laughs> it's not God. It's a ghost uh, that wanted me to talk about Jerry Rice this week. I said it's ghosted. I meant it's possessed. <laughs> Uh, another thing that's great outside of Jerry Rice is Club 609. You should visit them for their great happy hour from 2 o'clock until 8 o'clock every weekday and their special 11 a.m. until 8 p.m. happy hour on Saturdays. That happy hour starting right now if you're listening to the Joplin area. Uh, go visit them again. Two-for-one drink specials, $2 draft pours at Club 609. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Downtown Lube. Be sure to visit them at downtownlube.com for their full list of services. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So, again, be sure to visit that website, downtownlube.com, for that full list of services. Any contact information you want. If you're new to the show and you don't live in the area, don't even worry about it. Just go check out the website because I can tell you right now, Mark Edder is very proud of it. 
And I feel like we're helping him keep interactions with it. And when your website gets interacted with, it shows up more when people look to where they go for their car shops and helps his business grow. And we love that we're helping him with that. So even if you're not in the area, you can help. Downtownloop.com. Also, it's not a matter if it's a matter when you're going to need your oil change and your tire service. You can get that done and taken care of right here in the four-state area at Downtown Lube. There are people in the chat. I was talking about that movie. <laughs> but I go dumb for a second. And I'm the worst about uh, talking about what I've said on the podcast before, it's like I black out and I just don't remember. I was also that bad, that bad at that as a as an athlete. People are like, "Oh, do you remember this game?" And be like, "No, I absolutely do not." <laughs> it's like, wait, you had like this is your best play you've ever had, and I'm like, I don't remember. Did I like that was me that did it? Yep. Sometimes I will even forget about what I've talked about on the podcast. I even, am. Like, our, our friends will be like, "Oh, you guys were talking about this the other day, and you said that." And I'm like, I said it. Even today, we were talking about this movie with Will Smith, the number 56, and two people put it in the chat, and they're like, focus. My dumbass thought, what do we need to focus on? <laughs> Why? I am focused. <laughs> I, I do this every morning. What do I need to focus? That's the name of the movie. Focus, focus. On what? Yeah, what the what fuck did do? I miss? What do we do? Am I off topic? Felt like I was back in school. Like, what's the assignment? What did I miss? What's happening here? Uh, but we do have our Thinking Out Loud Thursday for you guys. And I wanted to bring this one up. Uh, it's the Trevor Lawrence stuff, and he did have a little bit of a tweet to clear it up. Uh, but it came out the other day that Trevor Lawrence turned his $24 million signing bonus um, into crypto. Mm-hmm. And a lot of players did this. So it's not just a Trevor Lawrence thing. So don't come at me with like, oh, that's actually incorrect. I get it. But a lot of players in 2020, 2021 started taking their entire contracts or portions of their contract in cryptocurrency. Yep. And according to this report, uh, whether it's true or not, I, the math is there. The $24 million signing bonus that Trevor Lawrence had and turned into cryptocurrency is now worth $9 million. I am sitting back, and I'm sorry to say it. I think this is hilarious that crypto is crashing. I, I just think it's so funny that so you have that people, mindset of like you freaking deserve it. You believed is, in something that stupid. Now you're losing millions. That's what you get for being an no, idiot. This is my I, I told you so. <laughs> I, like so many people are like, oh, dude, you're not into crypto. It's like, no, I don't understand it. I'm not putting my money in something I don't understand. And also something that I can't touch, something that's not physical to me. And at the time, I was like, I don't even know where to use cryptocurrency. Yes. Like, can I go buy a car with cryptocurrency? Can I do this? And people be like, no, but you need, like, internet transactions. Like, does Amazon take it? Like, who's who am I using this money for? Who's my bank for crypto? Right. And, like, if I – the one thing that always confused me with it, and I remember when I first got into, like, hearing about crypto, I was talking to my roommate in college, and I was like, okay – when you look at one crypto, let's compare that to one dollar, and they're like, "Well, this crypto is worth this many dollars." I was like, "No, we can't. I can't talk like that because the crypto has to be like an object on its own. If it's one crypto is worth this amount of money, like what does it break down to then? If you like, n- like don't use all of it, and they're like, "Well, it just you don't use all of the share." And I was like, "Well, that's just freaking stupid because in my mind it was like a dollar." When you want to break down a dollar, you can use quarters, dimes, nickels, pennies, and if you add those, then it equals like one dollar. What is that with the crypto? Or like with any crypto money? It's like, oh, I want to buy this Tesla. It's going to cost me like two bitcoins. Just tell me that's forty thousand dollars then. Like yeah, you're math you know, like, over there. Yeah, 
Yeah. So this is kind of my, like, I told you so, like, my moment to gloat. I'm sure that, like, a lot of people will get back into crypto. For the last six months, it just feels like it's been tanking to where this isn't so much a Trevor Lawrence thing. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. Even into, uh, not Antonio Brown, OBJ. Yeah. When he signed with the Rams, he's like, give it all in crypto. That's the one I want an update on. Yeah, I mean, it's whatever he was paid. I think it was like $6 million. Those numbers mm -hmm. can be wrong. Now what's it worth? Like, instead of playing the season for $6 million, now it's like, ooh, I played that season for two mil. And with that being in the contract, like, do you have to keep it in for a certain amount of time? Do they put that whole $6 million in on crypto for you? Mm -hmm. And then you waited till it reached a point and jumped, and you're like, boom, now I'm taking out all that money, and now I have it? Or are you just letting it sit? That's yeah. where I'm confused on how it works for these NFL right. contracts. I do. So. I like. I apologize if our listeners are into it. I'm sure that there are a lot of you that are because it's been very popular. I think it is hilarious that this stuff is tanking. And <laughs> I said it yesterday on radio too. Uh, you guys should listen to it if you're local or not. I think that a lot of people are to blame here, and it almost kind of feels like a scheme by rich people or a scam even that guys like Elon Musk, and I haven't paid close attention to it. I know more about hockey than I do crypto. But a lot of guys like Elon Musk or even Dave Portnoy would be like, I'm going to hype up this stock or this cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. We're going to get it to the top to where it's peaking. And then I'm going to sell all my shares at the top. And then people see these big guys like Elon Musk sell all their stock in it, and they start doing the same thing. So what happens to it? It tanks, and it goes to the bottom. And then yep. Elon Musk just starts buying up more and more stock, lets it peak. And then sells it off. Like at this point, it feels like you honestly, if you want to end on the crypto game, if you think it's exciting, just start cutting Elon Musk a check. And be like, hey, thanks for letting me play this game. Yeah. It feels like a lot of people taking advantage of it. And it, to me, it, it feels a little bit pyramid scheme-y. Yeah, I, that's fair. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, me staying out of it. I did tell you yesterday, though, uh, back early in the 2000s, I worked with a guy that tried to explain Bitcoin to me. This was the aughts, like 2006, 2008. Mm -hmm. And he was trying to tell me about Bitcoin and how he was buying into it very early. And I even told him, like, Brad, this is stupid. Like, what are you talking <laughs> about? This is the currency of the future. Like, money, cash will always be the currency. If it's tied up in banks, it's on a card, whatever. I was like, that's the money of the future. We have it right now. I do need to check in on old Brad. <laughs> because I'm telling you, he was in on it early. Mm -hmm. He might be a millionaire now. Yeah, he I might, did see. Maybe he changed his name and he is Elon Musk. I don't know. <laughs> but he was in on it super early. Brad, you've been to fucking space, my guy? And he thought it was like the coolest thing ever. He would tell everyone about it. Like, you know, you have to get in. I'm going to feel bad it. for the guy if he's like, yeah, everyone talked me out of it. So, you know, I took <laughs> out my like <laughs> three million shares that I had at like half a cent. So Yeah, I was like, oh, I know this guy that I used to work with. He said it was dumb and I took his <laughs> word for it. But he was, he was in early on Bitcoin. Yeah. But I've also heard stories of Bitcoin where like a guy lost his password and you only yes. have three chances to guess your password or it's eliminated forever. I don't even know if that's a true story. I think it 100% is. He had um, tried one time, incorrect password. Tried a second time, like, oh, maybe I typed it wrong. Tried a second time. Third time rolled around and he was like, oh, shit. I can't remember my password. But if I enter in a third incorrect password, I'm going to lose a shitload yeah. of Bitcoin. And if you're that website or you're the owners of Bitcoin or wherever it is that he's trying to log in, 
let the freaking guy in. Like that's my thought with it. Like that might be my thinking out loud. Don't be a scummy person. Mm-hmm. Just help people out. My my thinking out loud Thursday though is going to be this whole thing with movie theaters previews and when movies come out and where they come out at. I'm getting sick and tired of having to chase the shit. Whereas like this movie's come out, you can now watch it on like Peacock, like The Northman. I oh, wanted to go okay. see it in the theaters, and it's like now it's available. By like movie theaters. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm very aware of how they work. It has just been irritating. It's like You're when I see the preview. <laughs> when I see a preview to a movie, and it's like coming out next summer. Why are you showing me now? Like, why am I like just kind of like just put it out there? Like, hey, making a movie, or if the movie's done, let's freaking watch it. Like, I'm just so tired of like seeing a preview to a movie. Want to go see it in theaters? You can't. It's no longer in theaters, and it's like subscribe to this, and then you can stream the movie for free. I'm not streaming the movie for free. I'm streaming the movie for fifty dollars a year, so I can probably never watch your freaking streaming service again. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I don't care. Like I just want to be able to watch movies. This is you versus streaming all over again. It 100 percent is, and now it's with movies. Where it's like this movie is only available on Paramount Plus. I I tweeted yesterday that I thought Stranger Things was trash. I've been watching it. I didn't see you tweet that yesterday. You tweeted that yesterday? I did. I tweeted it. I said, hot take. Uh, Stranger Things is trash, but we all just continue to watch it. Like, for me, I started it, so I'm just going to get through it. Mm-hmm. I think it's dumb. This season sucks. I thought there were one good episode. Oh, I have to disagree heavily with you. A lot of people do. Yeah, I just, and that's – you can have your opinion. I'm going to let you have it, but – To me, it's just – it's the same storyline. You just changed the bad guy. Oh, there's a bad don't guy. Don't ruin it for me. Don't ruin there's it. There's a bad for guy me. from the what is it? The underneath or what? Are the yeah. flip side. The upside down. <laughs> upside down. Damn I've, it, mellow. And it's like, oh no, we have to fight this bad guy. Oh, by the way, Hop is in jail or whatever. He's always fucking captured somewhere. He's supposed to be a superhero. Get your ass out of jail. Be a real man. Get out of jail. <laughs> and oh, like this other person's here to find him. Winona Ryder. Uh, you just you up and leave your children. When there's a fucking monster on the loose. If I had been through three instances where a monster from the flip side tried to attack my specific children, I'm not fucking leaving ever again. Like, we're going to the bathroom together. I'm (laughs) shitting while you're showering. You're not leaving my sight. But she's like, nah, deuces. I'm going to Alaska because this guy I have a crush on. No, fuck him. He's getting murdered by the Russians. If that's me as a parent. Yeah, that is one thing I'm curious to see with this next, like the last. I haven't last... finished this season yet. You, you, I have not. I thought you did that last episode. We watched it yesterday. Was that the last one? I don't know. If yeah, it was, that's why I was like, hey, you should ending. probably watch this. And you're like, oh, I'm so surprised that's what happened. Didn't see that coming. And I was right. like, bro, this has been like the best part of the show so far. And you're over here just like, blah, 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 blah. So spoiler alert, if you haven't watched this whole season yet. So, okay. Yeah, you had a month. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, the best scene is when, what's her, the redhead, is her name Max? Yes. When she is, like, in the cemetery. Uh-huh. That was cool. I thought that was great. Yeah. Other than that, I thought this season, part one, which is also stupid. I do think part one was a lot of buildup. And I think part two that comes out July 1st, which I can't wait to watch, is going to be crazy. I think there's just going to be a lot going on. I'm going to ruin this for you, too, because I heard um, Conan O'Brien talking about it. Is that Netflix, they could tell this story in three episodes. But they've stretched it to where it's like, oh, 
part one is going to be six episodes. Yeah. And now we're going to do a part two in six months, so you keep your subscription. We're not releasing it all at once. This comes out in July. Keep your subscription, please. We'll ride this out. We'll ride Stranger Things for another month with six more episodes. Well, yeah. this whole fucking season could have been four episodes, and you told the exact same story. <laughs> I don't want to look at it that way. I hear what you're saying. I don't want to. Look, I don't want this to be ruined for me because I've enjoyed the show. I'm sorry, Thief of Joy. That's me. Uh, I'm just. I'm not letting you do it. It's fine. And I feel like it's been very predictable. So that's why I said yesterday that Stranger Things actually trash. The first season is really good. Mm-hmm. Season two, season three, meh. Season four, it's like Yellowstone. Just last season of Yellowstone sucked. Yeah. It's a lot of character so bad, development. I can't even get excited about the new season. Yeah, I'm excited about it because I want to see where the storylines that they developed all last season go, and yeah. what eventually happens. It was Stranger Things. That, it, another thing that does annoy me: you have so many characters that just don't even interact with each other. Hop and his girlfriend and the other guy, they're not even like with the children. So it's like two totally different storylines. Mm-hmm. Like you almost should have had it be a spinoff. I mean, like, oh, we're gonna follow this storyline to Alaska. Yep. But and that's what I wonder kids. in part two is, like, how does Hop come back to, like, help Eleven? You know what I mean? Like, at what point do they all kind of, like, reunite to solve it? Because, like, if you do save Hop out of Alaska or Russia, wherever the frick they are, it's like, okay, now how are you getting back to help the kids? And how are you going to get caught up with all of that? Because the kids are doing their own fight. You know what I mean? They've already kind of solved it themselves right. and done it together. And it's like, you've spent this entire time trying to get them out. Are you just going to come back and be like, well... All of our kids are dead. Welcome back to America. <laughs> yeah. It, Winona Ryder, the mom of the series, her children were living in, like, Utah? Yeah, they moved. They and moved has not away. been in contact with her children in days, months. Well, I don't know how long it is. She's going to come back to Utah and be like, my kids aren't here. Yes. That's – oh, my God. You're right. They drove off She's to- a terrible mother. <laughs> like, Get made your shit together. All-time worst. Mom is Winona Ryder, and I I hate to shit on it. I like the characters. I really do. I think most of the kids are funny, but I can't get over the fact that this woman is just like, nope, deuces. Like, you're not even chasing after your husband. This is a guy that you might like. (laughs) That you're not willing to admit you like. Mm -hmm. Or him, too, or he's like, like, it's not my girlfriend. (gasps) Motherfucker, yes, it is. My kids are being attacked by a superhero monster. Oh, I need to come up with $40,000. Don't worry, not boyfriend. I'll spend it and come save you. (laughs) Sorry we don't have cell phones because it's 1985 and I can't get in touch with you for forever. But you know what? You got it. Don't even worry about the You've done it. You've ruined the show for me. I'm over here making fun of it with you. (laughs) Damn it. And how do you not know your son's smoking weed in his bedroom? And also, You stink. Duh. the, The smoking weed thing is an issue for me too. Now it's not a thing. Like, if I walked in and my daughters were smoking weed when they were, like, 15, 16, I'd be like, why the fuck did you not give me some weed? In 1985, people still thought weed could kill you. Yeah. So it's not just like, oh, look, he's smoking a little bit of weed. It would have been like, I have to send you to rehab. Like, in 1995, that was still the view. Hell, 2005. I was going to say, 2015, it was like. I was in high school. It was like, you only smoked weed if you were a low life. Now, it took us a little while to be up to the times here in missouri yeah but in 2005 when i was in high school it's like oh we can't be friends with that person he smokes weed and like you thought it might kill you or overdose on it so 
you know, flashback to 1985. That would have been a big issue. I do still like the nostalgia of all of it. And even like uh, Dustin, his character, he'll, he'll bring up stuff. Or one of the girls mentioned um, one of the serial killers. I don't remember now. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, Ted Bundy. So, you know, Ted Bundy is like doing this stuff. He's good looking and he's a murderer. Yeah. And that was like relevant with the times. Yep. But as far as the storyline and the writing goes, I think it's just maybe lazy work that they know everybody's going to watch. That's my rant about Stranger Things. I'm sorry if I ruined it for you. <laughs> I hope you enjoy it. I just don't think it's that good. Yeah. I've been reading, I've been reading the chat here where you went on that last little bit there. And uh, <laughs> Jesse said he's got to tell the truth Thursday. He had a buddy and his girlfriend <laughs> uh, saving to buy a house. He's not a bright man. Without discussing with this girl, he put their entire $16,000 into Bitcoin. Dot. They did not get the house. <laughs> That's annoying. Going back to that Bitcoin conversation, the fact that you were calling it the flip side instead of the upside down is hilarious. <laughs> Catch you on the flip side would have been a hilarious line in that show. Uh, <laughs> and I guess part two is only going to be two episodes. I guess I didn't realize so that. So I have to wait until July 1st to watch two episodes? Yep. Just it, fucking put it out. It, 100%. I can agree with that. And then Jake's with the fuck them kids, Michael Jordan and Joyce Byers. Mm -hmm. That's great. She, she's the worst. I know <laughs> there's like a debate that I see a lot. Maybe it's because I'm a giant fan of The Office. Yeah. That like uh, Pam is the worst character in movie history. Or TV show history? Yeah. yeah. Joyce Byers about to take that one. But you think Pam is the worst? I was just sent a tweet, and I hope to God this is real, and I'm glad that this episode went long. Breaking news from ESPN, Arch Manning has committed to play at Texas. Fuck yes! I don't, like, I am in denial. I can't. Attaboy! It's from Atta the actual boy. verified Atta 40 million boy. ESPN followers. So I think I want to believe it. I mean, it's from Arch Manning himself two minutes ago. Committed to the University of Texas. Hashtag hook him. I freaking fuck yes. I said I it you, three years ago to a buddy. This boner doesn't go away in three hours. I'm going to have to go to the doctor. Oh, cancel the rest of the day. <laughs> Holy cow. How amazing is that? I was just talking to another uh, Texas fan. Of mine, he had an amazing visit, and this is where recruiting is so smart. Over the weekend, they signed his best friend, who is also his tight end. I don't know if that kid can play any football at all, but that's what you do. You offer the best friend an opportunity at Texas, and so, you get any girl that he's interested in at the freaking university. I don't. I don't know. Are are we? It's Texas. <laughs> We're fucking back, baby. I mean, we're fucking back. I'll say it. Suck on this Texas cock, all right? Because, damn it, this is going to be a great season with Quinn Ewers. I already know it. The Big 12 is wide open. You got Arch Manning. You keep him here. Sarkeesian, man, I would give that guy such a big hug today. Maybe even a big old smooch on the cheek. What a phenomenal job. Between Alabama, Georgia, and Texas, and Clemson, doesn't matter. Texas is back. We're at the top. They're recruiting offensive linemen. They're recruiting defensive linemen. You're getting the number one quarterback back-to-back. -back. You had to pay for Quinn Ewers. It doesn't matter. Did you pay for Arch Manning? I don't freaking give a hoot. He's there. He's a Texas Longhorn. Texas is back. Can't wait to win a natty in four, three, three to four years. I don't think they win one next year, 
but boy, they're close and they're heading in the right direction. Also, thank you so much to like to Brooks to DM that one, um, but also uh, Aaron, who's usually Smitty, who's usually in here with us mm-hmm. a lot too, to tag us in that because I would not have seen it. We would have ended the show <laughs> without talking about mm-hmm. this. It, it is really cool, and I know a lot of people hate Texas, but I I think you have to respect the fact Texas has now got the three biggest quarterback recruits. In recruiting history. Yes. Vince Young, Quinn Ewers, Arch Manning. <clears throat> what happened when they got Vince Young? Just go ahead and remind the people what happened. They did win a national championship. Thank you, sir. And you got Quinn Ewers. You win one with him. You ride off in the NFL, have a wonderful career, do what Vince couldn't do, and that's and some, fine. Sometimes I like to dunk on people because I have been talking about, like, shoot, I, it was after the Alabama quarterback. They, they signed a quarterback. And I even said, like, it's down to Texas and Georgia. Mm-hmm. which that's not like my opinion. It's not like I had some inside scoop. I'm just connecting the dots here. And a lot of people are like, keep wishing, Longhorn fan. Or I think somebody even called me. Man, I can't remember who I talked to a couple years ago about this. Where I was like, where's Arch Manning going to go? And I said, I don't care where it is. He's going to Texas. You heard it here first. I cannot remember who I sent that text message to. I wish I could find it. I've gotten a new phone since then. You couldn't necessarily like. No, I did from the beginning. Before, like, I know it's like, well, yeah, he was Texas was always in the mix. I just said, bam, Arch Manning's going to Texas. I don't care. I don't care that his uncle went to Tennessee. I don't care that his other uncle went to Ole Miss. Arch Manning's going to Texas. I've been believing it for so long. Maybe it's because I believed it for so long. I've been saying it. It actually happened. That I'm like, let's go. That's what I'm most excited about. Yeah, Chris Sims was another big-time recruit, but uh, I don't think that he was graded quite as high as those other guys. Uh, for Vince Young, he got, I think it was a perfect rating from the recruiting services. And then Quinn Ewers was the next one, got a perfect rating. I don't think that Arch is a perfect rating, but obviously <clears throat> that's huge. Yep. I mean, he's one of the biggest names in high school football. So I'm – official state, I'm happy about that. That's – that's a pretty good way to end the show today. Yeah, sorry. I'm not <laughs> you, sorry, actually. I'm not. Uh, you pretty much, I, I think you said you called it from as soon as Arch Manning was born that you've been saying. Yeah, Arch go. uh, Manning to Texas, it was going to happen. <laughs> well, right. I call it the prophecy. Yeah, who called it for, like, credit big country <laughs> on this one. <laughs> I didn't say it. I didn't <laughs> say you had to credit me. If you credit me, you credit me. Heard it here first, <laughs> The folks. way you say it is just funny to me because you say it like – you knew it was like you're the first news breaker. Not that it was like Arch Manning. Who that's not what. Yeah, that's not how I'm trying to come <laughs> off at all. I've just been saying like from the very beginning, where it was like, "Where's Arch Manning going to go?" I was like, "He's going to Texas." You can talk about Clemson. You can talk about Alabama, Tennessee, Ole Miss. I don't care. Yeah, I gotta go to find Texas. some old tweets of people telling me he wouldn't go to Texas. Let's see what happens. Let him know. Uh, but we do appreciate you guys helping us out there. Um, I always refer to Brooks as the stats and research department guy comes through uh, once again today so we appreciate that we appreciate all of our listeners though um, on this glorious little thursday for you guys Uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow Uh, maybe we sit on it and we wait and we talk more arch manning uh, tomorrow in the call-in app right here at 10 a.m we appreciate you guys joining us today and we'll talk to you tomorrow